Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like we have something going here. We're building something special, and you know you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and you know I, I watched. That's the team I watched the most growing up. Because my dad was a Giants fan. So once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I'm your host, Art Stapleton. We just finished up practice on Tuesday afternoon. A week from now, it will be cut day. All NFL teams must get their rosters from wherever they're at. Right now, the maximum is 90, down to 53. And then the process of a waiver wire that includes over 1,000 players that are currently available That will be the case, and the personnel and scouting staffs of every team will go crazy, and you can check out my story on that and how the Giants are planning for that process on NorthJersey.com. That story posted. Brandon Brown, assistant general manager, kind of shared some insight yesterday, and uh, it's, it's a fascinating part of the game, and this year... Teams are allowed to go from 90 all the way to 53. Now, that's probably not going to happen. I would imagine some cuts are made going into the weekend and then coming out of the weekend on Sunday, Monday. Now, the Giants players will have off Sunday and Monday, so they'll come back to practice Tuesday of next week. So I would imagine there will be some cuts done on Monday. allows your team to kind of focus uh, and look at you know certain guys coming off. Uh, I think the Giants won't be as active as they were last year on the waiver wire when they put in seven claims. They were actually awarded four claims. One of those claims is actually in line to start for them at safety, Jason Pinnock from the Jets. Jack Anderson was also claimed. I think he'll be a reserve lineman for this team, whether it's on the 53 or on the practice squad. Nick McLeod was also claimed. Uh, He was really a special team stalwart and actually stepped up last year in the back end of the secondary, was really a valuable player. He's been banged up. From what I hear, he will be ready for week one. Uh, So that'll be something to watch. And then Justin Lane, who was a corner through mid-October for the Giants. And if you remember correctly, The Giants had to play Justin Lane against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in London. And they ended up obviously shutting it down defensively and beat Rodgers at the end of the game. And Lane was one of the two corners that was out there. I believe at the time, Adoree Jackson and Fabian Moreau were both hurt uh, in that game. So you never know what comes from the waiver wire. But that'll be uh, 
That'll be next week. This week, the Giants, they've kind of slowed down practice some. Not as many team periods, more cards periods uh, in terms of, you know, scripting things from one side of the ball for future opponents, whether those opponents are this week in the Jets or they're focused on September 10th and the Cowboys. That's kind of what happens uh, this time of year. Uh, some highlights from practice. To me, the best play of practice, Adoree Jackson in the slot covering Darren Waller. Uh, it was great defense by Adoree. The ball was kind of punched up in the air, and I'd have to see video of it to truly appreciate what happened, uh, whether it was Adoree or if Waller bobbled the ball. But as Waller and both players are falling down to the ground, Waller kind of tips the ball and then catches it fully as he hits the ground for a catch, hopped right up, signaled first down, so you knew he made the catch. Uh, it was a great play. Uh, something was interesting, I thought, earlier in that setup and that in one-on-ones, Darnay Holmes was lined up in the slot and he was going to end up covering Waller. And that's when rookie Deontay Banks kind of bumped Holmes out of there and took that rep uh, in one-on-ones. And I look at that one of two ways, uh, actually two different ways. Number one, it says a lot about Banks to have the confidence to go against Waller, but also it kind of says where Holmes is at right now in uh, the pecking order that, you would think that if the Giants are truly trying to get a look at Darnay in the slot, uh, they would want to see that matchup with Waller. Uh, they did not see that matchup, and Waller beat Banks pretty good, as you would expect. Uh, but says something about the competitive nature of Banks wanting to get in there uh, and go against Waller. Uh, on today's show, an interview with one of those guys that has really been under the radar this summer and has had one of the best summers of any player on the roster. That's second-year pro Jay Sean Corbin, running back, special teamer, trying to make the team as a special teamer out of Florida State, was an undrafted rookie last year, spent most of the year on the practice squad. And, you know, it's funny. If things had worked out differently with Saquon Barkley and, you know, maybe if he wasn't at camp, I think we'd probably be talking about Jay Sean Corbin a lot more. Obviously, there's a lot of headlines with Eric Gray, uh, the rookie from Oklahoma, fifth-round pick, and Matt Breda is here. Uh, sure seems entrenched to start the year as RB2. But Jay Sean Corbin has been very impressive. He's been a very good runner in games, and I think if things were different, I think Corbin could play running back in this league. I really do. If he were the rookie, I think there would be a lot of people talking about Jay Sean Corbin. So I hope you enjoy my interview with Jay Sean. And then we'll come back to wrap up today's show and look ahead to what comes next this week. Without further ado, here's my interview with Jay Sean Corbin. Um, so, you know, I was thinking to myself, when you look at all the storylines this summer, mm -hmm. you're one of the guys that's kind of been under the radar. Mm -hmm. I personally think you've had a great summer. Mm -hmm. what, is, what has it been like for you and mm -hmm. kind of the journey to, to prove yourself in year two? Uh, it's been, a, I guess, a 
kind of up and down journey. Just always me, I just try to stay consistent. No matter you know what position I'm in, I just try to stay consistent, uh, show the coaches that I can play. Um, you know, be a good teammate. That's kind of my, my process of how I approach everything. Now, when you go into the offseason, obviously last year you spent a lot of time around this team. Mm-hmm. You're in the locker room, you're in practice, mm-hmm. but you don't feel like you made your stamp, I would imagine, mm-hmm. on, on right. the roster, being on the practice squad. Right. What were you focused on coming into the offseason, and what did you want to come back with, uh, you know, for yourself? Um, really, the biggest thing for me was trying to show, like, my special team's value because, you know, going from college, you know, you're kind of a starter, so you don't really – practice as much as special teams and then when you come to the NFL you know the special teams is a totally different ball game um, so I kind of just took my practice squad years like a, le- a year to learn you know, the offense and uh, get better at special teams and then this offseason kind of uh, double down on you know, doing better at special teams and then obviously continue to expand my knowledge in the, in the uh, playbook. Let's talk special teams a little bit. Uh, I asked Coach Dable another uh, you know an undrafted rookie this year is Bryce Ford Wheaton and mm-hmm. you know he's said the same thing to me after the game on mm-hmm. Saturday night mm-hmm. or Friday night. You know, look, I, I know when I came here, if I don't perform on specials, it's mm-hmm. going to be very hard to make this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dable even said, you know, these guys know, you know, if you can't do it, you're mm-hmm. probably not going to be here. I mean, right. that's the way you make your job security. So how do you go about not only learning special teams, but getting to the point where you could actually make an impact? Yeah, luckily for me, like being on scout team last year, it, it honestly taught me how to, you know, play special teams the right way in the NFL and then obviously you know when you're on scout team you're going against the top guys the ones every day so um, just kind of using that as a, uh, a learning curve for me and like you said special teams is a, is a big big factor in the league and that's how you kind of stay around um, and it's kind of how you you know make your your niche on the team so that's kind of been like my emphasis this, this offseason where on teams do you look at and see kind of a home for yourself or where you've done the most work uh, pretty much everywhere T-Mag wants me to play, I try to um, excel in every position that I'm on. Um, so wherever coach wants me, that's where I try to excel at and you know, do my best. Do you almost have to, to make it a mental process, the idea of, of course, you still see yourself as a running back and you mm-hmm. think you can play in this league, mm-hmm. but you, you know the situation. I mean, you almost have to take that running back hat off mm-hmm. and then say, okay, this is how I'm going to be a football player and make mm-hmm. this team. Yeah, I think it, being a, a football player and not just a running I think if you're just a running back, it kind of labels you as one thing, but when you're a, a good football player, you can go at running back, make plays, and you go on special teams, and you know, go on there and make a tackle. Just being a good football player, you know, is what is going to keep you in the league. Now, the last two weeks, I've seen you get opportunities as a running back that mm-hmm. really you haven't had, you didn't have last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you, you look good doing mm-hmm. it. Do you feel like it's it's there for you when you get those opportunities that you're kind of showing people? You know what? Don't forget about me as a <laughs> running back. Yeah, for sure. I just you know when I get in the backfield, I feel like that's that's what I do naturally. That's uh, making plays, you know, make, making guys miss, you know, being explosive. That's kind of like what I do. So when I get back there, it's really no like, uh, like I said, it, it's just natural to me. So um, I guess it's, I feel good when I get back there and get the opportunities and then just make the most of it. Yeah, that one, you had that one play on Friday night and the sideline was pretty fired up when you kind of broke through the middle and you had about 30, it was like 25, 30 yard uh, yeah, game, yeah, yeah. showing a little wiggle. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you're smiling now. I mean, is that kind of the, the Corbin that people have come to expect when you when you get those chances? Yeah, for sure. And it definitely feels good, like, like after the game or, you know, the next day when everybody's like, all the older guys are like, yeah, man, like you, you balling, playing good. It's definitely a good feeling. You just, you just try to be consistent. 
consistent and keep that make that a habit. I'm sure you've been asked this question probably by people close to you, but also you've asked yourself this question. How does Jay Sean Corbin make this team? How mm-hmm. do you make an impact on this team? Mm-hmm. Um, what What is that answer right now? Do you think that after spending, you know, three plus weeks here now in camp and mm-hmm. what do you think, you know, you have to do between now and next week to kind of show that you belong here? Uh, just keep making splash plays, whether it be on special teams, at running back, just being consistent, um, you know, being good in pass pro, um, just doing all the little things and then, you know, control what I can and let God handle the rest and I'll just leave it at that. Do you feel like, I mean, this is a kind of a crazy time, you know what it was like, you lived through it last year, mm-hmm. the idea of being an undrafted guy and mm-hmm. then, you know, you have to get that phone call. Mm-hmm. Are you kind of anticipating what that's going to feel like again or have you been able to kind of put that behind you and learn from last year's experience? I'll definitely put it behind, I'm definitely more at, uh, I guess at peace of not worrying about what's going to happen and just, you know, living in the moment and, you know, handling my business, you know, day by day. And then whatever happens, happens. I remember this time last year, it was always in the back of my mind because it was my first time going through it. But, um, you know, year two, you're kind of, I don't say you're used to, but you're kind of just more, I guess, calm through all the craziness that's going around. Give me a scouting report on, on Jay Sean Corbin. What what do you bring, do you think, to, to this offense? Uh, I just see a person who's consistent, knows the playbook. Um, he's going to do the little things, who can pass with tech, catch the ball, run the ball. Um, basically do everything that a three-down back would, would need to do, um, as well as being a good football player, running down on kickoff, you know, punt coverage, return, whatever I have to do, you know, I can do that. Uh, you have, obviously, two veterans in this backfield, mm-hmm. uh, you know, headlined by number 26. Mm-hmm. What have you learned from watching Saquon, not only last year, but also this year? I learned a lot. It's just crazy just um, being in the same room as somebody who, you know, so talented and, I don't know, you know, me, before I got to the NFL, like, I always watched Saquon, and I'd just be like, like, this dude's crazy. And then when you finally get in the room with him, uh, you actually realize, like, the work that he puts in, how smart he is. Same with Matt Breida. I just try to, you know, pick their minds with anything that I want to, I need to know, whether life or right. football, and I just try to pick their minds. And, you know, they do a good job of, like, you know, taking care of me. is Whatever I need to know, like, they're going to help me with. So it's, it's crazy. Do you, when you swap out, when Saquon comes off and you go in for Saquon with the ones is there a little special feeling for you to kind of know that you've made strides from uh, last year to this year i mean i, I want to say it's a special feeling it's just like just going there and you know try not to let it drop off you know pick up right where he you know he left off and uh, i just try to you know stay focused and you know since i'm out there with the ones next to dj it's like you know you really got to be on point um so i just try to not let it drop off and try to you know contribute when he comes out do what i do when i get in you what part of you you walk around here I mean I, I would imagine that you can't allow yourself to think what next week is going to bring and mm-hmm. what's the week after that but do you almost look at this what they're building here that this is where you want to be I mean look at that Giants on your chest and say you know what whatever I got to do I want to be here for sure this is a special place just New York Giants in, in general it's just a special place special team um, from top to bottom it's, it's special and the team that we have here the bond is, is, is crazy I tell my mom all the time like I love this team it's like it's like a brotherhood it's like even if you're on a practice squad if you're a new guy like everybody treats you the same um and then just obviously being next to like new york city it's just like a great place you know top to bottom so yeah this is a place where i would love to be at so this is this has become home for you in such a short time yeah it's, it's crazy. I, I love being, like especially where i'm from it's, it's small kind of slow area so this is a great change up and um 
you know, just being around guys like Darren Waller. Like, it just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's great, though. It's great. What about Waller? He's a freak. But, uh, nah, he's a, he's a good teammate as well. You know, a guy who would help you with whatever you need. Um, so it's, it's great. Do you, last question. Do you feel like you've shown that you can play in this league? I definitely feel like I can, uh, I've shown that I can play in this league. Um, it's just by the opportunities I get, I feel like I try to make the most of them. Um, and then one day I'll get the opportunity to show, you know, when it becomes real. So I, I think I can. Well, I know I can. And yeah. Cool. Thanks. All right. Thanks to Jay Sean Corbin for joining me after practice. Uh, you know, it's it's a definite mindset adjustment for guys who were star running backs in college. Corbin's no different. Was very good. Had some nice hype last year as an undrafted free agent rookie. Uh, and, you know, it's a hard road to get to this level as an undrafted running back and make a team. And he spent this whole year with the, the last year, his whole rookie year, on the practice squad, was immersed in this team. And now he's got to view himself as a football player and not as a running back. He's got to make this team with what he does on special teams. Said that about Bryce Ford Wheaton, an undrafted rookie wide receiver that everyone has talked about. I wrote about him in this week's rookie report. Uh, but I tell you what, Corbin has been impressive. He's a good receiver. Uh, and I think if the Giants are going to keep four running backs, which right now I only have them at three, you know, Corbin's got to steal someone's spot. On the you know to avoid the practice squad by what he does on special teams, he's an outside gunner on kickoff coverage uh, and made some nice plays in practice today. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how things work out. Uh, rest of the week, we'll have interviews with Paris Campbell and Javarius Owens, rookie safety. You don't want to miss that one. Probably get that one out Wednesday morning. Uh, but appreciate Jay Sean joining me. And reminder to everyone, subscribe to our newsletter, All In with the New York Giants. It's at northjersey.com backslash all in. You get a bunch of different stuff in our exclusive newsletter. It's free. All you need is an email address. So appreciate you tuning in today. Appreciate you listening. As always, we know you're all in. That's why we're all in. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.